Can I tell you the nerdiest thing like that has ever happened to me that I've never I've ever done? The nerdiest, most embarrassing thing that I've ever done. So did those guys really name their app after a meme? Huh? Buckle up, fellow kids. It's time for Founder Quest. Sure. As long as we're not like as long as this isn't like reciprocal. Oh no, it's not reciprocal. It just reminded me of that because when I was like in junior high, maybe like I was a super big computer nerd. It was like the, you know, 90s, the mid 90s. So that wasn't cool back then. It wasn't seen as some sort of path to like fame or riches or anything. Mm-hmm. There was um, that one. This song was like really popular. I think it was by NXS and it was called More Than Words. And it's like, I remember thinking and it's, it's like really sweet, like love song. It's like more than words is all like i don't know something about like you know my love can't be expressed by words Uh and i was like this is how i feel about my computer (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) what should we start with like we start with the most boring part of the week and really yes that was the most of my week which was writing policies yeah yeah you seemed a little bit low energy the, the, too, so I thought maybe I was like, "That makes it, sense now." It's funny because the most boring part of my week was reading Ben's policies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sick burn! Ouch! So sorry. Oh my gosh! So what are these policies, and why do we? Why, why are you spending so much? Why are you like losing so much of your life force uh, yes. working on them? So we're working on SOC two compliance because we have customers who would would like to get our SOC two report, and we don't currently have one, and we'd like to have one because all the cool kids have one. So the idea being that a SOC 2 audit, you know, gives you the stamp of approval that you're running your business in a way that's, you know, secure and does things that big boy businesses do, I guess. A lot of part of the compliance is like you have to define how you run your business through policies. And then the auditor comes and checks that make sure you're actually running your business like you say you are. So, you know, we have a lot of things that we do at Honey Badger just because that's what we've always done them. That's our, that's our MO. But this is actually like documenting those processes. Like, how do we select a vendor? And we actually do care that our vendors have security policies and we follow up on that. And so all these policies that I'm writing and uh, getting done, basically just to find, put into words exactly how we run our business. Yeah. And we're mostly doing this so we can work with customers that, that require this, right? But I think we've been finding that it's also, it has been a helpful process to actually like go through and, and document these things just for the sake of having it. Because it kind of makes yeah, us think about how we do things. and It's a good feeling. It's a good yeah, corporate hygiene. I mean. And it's, it's <laughs> nice to be able to say, yes, this is what we believe in Honey Badger. And we're putting our signature on the line saying that this is actually what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like in early years, like it would have been a very a much more simple policy document. It just would have been like, I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> just shrug. Period. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. Sorry, Ben. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to say that I was. I was bored out of my mind uh, reading oh, your, no. your documents. I'm, to be to be totally honest, crazy. like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like the, your first choice in reading. I would imagine, like, for anyone. But I think it it has been enlightening in any case, like, to learn some of these, like, more. Yeah, like you said, like these large business practices and terms that we're not typically exposed to. So, yeah. And if all the cool kids do this and all the cool kids are are rich then we want to, we definitely want to be like the cool kids. (laughs) Definitely. The thing that's been interesting though, as I've sat back and looked at some of these things and and in light of the hiring that we're doing right now, it is useful to have all these things on hand for the new person that shows up. 
Like, for yeah. example, one of one of the policies this week is the change management policy, which defines how we do software development at Honey Badger. And, you know, we've always said it's a pretty loose process. We're pretty independent and that sort of thing. But we actually do have, you know, some controls in place to make sure that we don't put bad code in production. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like we do pull requests and we do require someone else to review big changes. And we do have automated CI, CD, right? And we do have a way to revert changes, right? So all of these little bits of how we do business are now documented. And when a new hire shows up, it'll be easy to point that person at a document and say, here, you know, here's your 30 second introduction to how we do things at Honey Badger. Nice. We could probably also like summarize even, or like copy some of this stuff into like our handbook and, you know, smooth over some of the legalese areas. We probably don't want to just send and have them send them to all of our compliance documents and be like, okay, your first week is, is reading <laughs> our compliance, yeah. reading our <laughs> compliance documents from start to finish. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we'd have to quiz them on it to make sure they actually read them <laughs> right. because like, otherwise nobody would yeah. really read them. We could have like an 80 question, multiple choice quiz on each document. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, there, there is a, a policy, uh, a policy policy that says that, you know, everyone has to see these policies and, you know, really sign off on the handbook and things like that. Yep. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Well, maybe, but also like people like, you know, people are with stuff like that. It's like the, um, the terms of service, like on every software application that I'm sure we've all read. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could probably like summarize it for the handbook and then, and then link to the, the long version or something like that too. Just yeah. so they receive them. By the way, I'm not. I'm officially stating that I'm not undermining our policy that all employees <laughs> have to read the appropriate document. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being a smart ass. We'll uh, we'll speed that part up, like you know, like they do, like the the small print or whatever on radio commercials. Exactly. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. I thought a guy did that by himself. I yeah. thought that was just like a guy who talked really fast. Oh, is it? Do you remember that is. Micro Machines guy? Oh my god, the Micro Machines guy. Yeah. 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 I forgot. I don't that remember was, the Micro it's, Machines. It's before Josh's time, I think, but. Back in the olden days when they had toy commercials on TV. Which was like six years before <laughs> your days. <laughs> there was this one dude, there was this toy called Micro Machines, a set of toys. And there are these itty bitty cars and yeah, planes and I kind of remember those. And they had this one particular actor who would read the copy for these ads in a very, very rapid fire fashion. He also did FedEx ads. Uh, okay. So you might oh, yeah. Those. I kind of vaguely remember this. So I've yeah. got... I've got a fun fact for y'all is that actually there was a time before toy ads were allowed on TV because basically it was considered exploitative um, for a long time. So the FCC uh-huh. uh, disallowed advertising to children, I think of any kind. So this would have been like before then, we advertised to children, but back when we like most of them were cigarette commercials. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, okay. basically. So essentially what happened was that like Reagan came in and like deregulated everything and as part of that, it's like, okay, we can now advertise stuff to children. Nice. And so that's when all the toy commercials came, came on board. I'm really ambivalent about like this fact. I don't really know how to feel about it, but cartoons then were developed as elaborate, you know, plots to sell mm-hmm. toys to children. I can see that. So many of my favorite like childhood cartoon memories, like He-Man and G.I. Joe. Yeah. G.I. Joe and all that were Thundercats. Hello, Thundercats. No, no, Thundercats, ho. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They were like, Thundercats, hello. (laughs) Hello. Anybody there? Uh, Uh, Voltron. Yeah, we're like an offshoot of like, you know, like companies trying to sell 
stuff to to kids yeah so it's like I mean, that's kind it, of it's still like that today i mean only oh it totally more, is more i mean so. it's a hellscape out yeah. there josh it's <laughs> i still can't get over the fact that they stopped selling kids uh cigarettes and alcohol and started selling them toys because that just that just seems messed up <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh totally so uh, is there anything more about compliance I'm, I'm trying to figure out like so out of all this compliance stuff does that mean that we will be creating new childhood memories for some future generation of children. Is that, is that the moral of the story? Honey Badger is uh, uh, yes, here for the long yes, term. Yes, it is. <laughs> we are here for the long term. Oh, and if you uh, want to order our Honey Badger action figure, <laughs> call this number. It's, it's on our website. <laughs> okay, so we should get back on topic. Like, So what else have we done this week that we want to talk about? Um, this isn't a topic, but Basecamp released their, um, their new email, the, the like... The service to solve email that they've kind of been hinting at over the past oh, that's like, right. several and you're months really or whatever. Upset, you're really mad. I'm not mad. You're I'm actually, I'm kind of, you're trying to, yeah, I know what you're trying to do, Star. You're, you're trying to get the, you're, you're trying to raise the, the heat levels on Founder Quest for, for uh, the ratings. You know, we've had too much freaking like Richard Banner here. I, don't, I hope I got that name right. We need some more Hulk. I just can't believe. Less Banner, more Hulk. I can't believe it. No. So they named, they named their email, their product for email. They named it. Hey, meanwhile, I've been working on a product for email named Heya. Oh, and both have a logo that is a waving hand. Although to be fair, mine is just an emoji. So they actually like, they actually like had one of their designers, like go and trace the, <laughs> or, you know, trace it. That's not agile. <laughs> Yeah, so we, uh, so. I mean, this is just, we've got a long, we've got a venerable history of this. So like our logo for like the first several years of our company was the font on a sun, like lightning bolt yeah. icon. We're extremely lazy at Honey Badger. Yeah, we would never. When it comes to logos, <laughs> at least. I, I, I when it, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, I tend to be pretty. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh. I'm sorry stuff. that took the, I'm sorry if that takes the wind no, out of your sails a little bit. I'm not. It's, it's fine. I mean, like. It's, you know, maybe, I don't know yet if it's actually going to cause any confusion as far as like two email things being like being so similar in name. I did email them, you know, they, they said like email us with a story about email or whatever to get an invite to, Hey, and so I did email them and I promised not to enforce my trademark if they would give me a Hey account. So fingers crossed, but, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to joining cause it does act, it sounds pretty cool. And, um, yeah, we'll see what see what they did. Well, I saw on Twitter this morning they had twelve thousand people contact them about. Yeah, so access. I had I had the thought that you know my that might act not they actually only get had read. One Josh. <laughs> they only had one I know Josh that they were just like sitting on the edges of their seats just to see if I would notice the 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 similarity in branding. Yeah. But you know, it actually it makes it is flattering to be honest because like we both independently at the same time in history, like came up with the same branding for email, like it's got to make you know, it feel good. It feels yeah. good. Like mine is not quite as, as large in scope. I have a feeling, you know, I'm like, <laughs> set, <laughs> I'm, I'm sending email sequences. They are uh, uh, solving the, uh, the email problem on the internet. So I, I don't know. I, I, I've got a little bit of work to do. Same, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe they are avid <laughs> listeners of Founder Quest and they, they heard our podcast about Hey and they're like, you know what? That's a great, great idea. Let's do Hey. Son you know edge. what? It's Son the timing. Edge, right. yeah. The timing coincides. <laughs> okay, yeah. we're, pull, we're pulling the cloak down on this, on this guys. <laughs> this, we're, we're putting the velvet curtain back up. 
I do. I do have to wonder like how much they, how much they shelled out for Hey.com. Cause that's, that I is a badass. That is a freaking badass name awesome. and I'm jealous. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that is totally awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a far cry from the, the early days of their company when there's like basecamphq.com. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, really like, how are people going to know if they're talking about like, like people might think that they're like purveyors of like, Hey, you like, know, like H-A-Y. cows. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you know? It's really, really dumb business sense. Like, hey, I don't know what Jason hey is thinking. All those farmers are going to be so confused. They are. <laughs> those poor little all fellas. The, all the Google, uh, the Google conflicts. All the Google conflicts. Ah. Anyway. I was going to make a joke about rural people, which is okay, because I'm kind of from a rural place, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want to be a jerk. So. Yeah. So. I'll do it in private. So we, we did launch a thing this week. We launched our public dashboard. So what, what are public dashboards? Can somebody explain that? I'm getting, I, I'm, I'm just getting there. Ben built Get public there. dashboards. So I want <laughs> Ben to, uh, to introduce us. Oh, well, I, I thought you were going to do it because it was all you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had our friends over at dev, they got in touch with Josh yeah. and, uh, and they said, hey, this is a you know, dev, we'd love to, dev.to. Yeah, they, yeah. So we'd love to be able to, uh, we, we love Honey Badger. Thanks, guys. We, we love you too. And Honey customers? Oh, yes. Are. yes. Yep. And, and uh, the, wait, wait. You mean the leading like developer, developer, like blog platform is the, 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 might re- the, the, the platform that might replace Twitter for developers, yeah. which is a sorely needed thing oh. to happen? Uses Honey huh. Badger. Well, that's, yeah. that's a cool little fact, huh? Right. Didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, they are super awesome. <laughs> and only partly because they use Honey Badger. Yes. But they love the public sharing ability that we have where you can, you know, publish a public view of an error that you get, but stripped of personally identifiable information. So you don't have to reveal all your secrets to the mm-hmm. entire world. But you can you can share an error if you want to get some, you know, public feedback on maybe can somebody tell me what this is or, you know, whatever. And what they asked for was an ability to list all of the public errors that they're share, share with people. So previous to this, you just had to like pass around a link. But now we have a dashboard where you can go and see all of the errors that uh, Dev has shared with the world. So they can have open source contributors helping them resolve their errors. And I think it's yeah. a pretty cool thing. You know what? They, they so also cool. have a um, Honey Badger label on their GitHub project. Every error, they also cross post to their GitHub issues and give it a Honey Badger label, which I think is just awesome because you can go and see all the Honey Badger, well, see all the errors, but then see how they, uh, they link to us. So that's cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. I love the yeah. idea that like there's this whole sort of community out there working on this project, this platform, and like we are providing sort of a, you know, very useful service to them and sort of sort of bringing people together because I always hope that that's what we would do as a company is like bring people together. Right. Yeah. That's why with you guys, I started an error monitoring service. <laughs> this was the, the long term plan all along. It's a long game. Yeah. So dev published a blog post about this and how they're using it. We'll link that up in the show notes. We have not actually publicly released this feature yet. We will be soon. As soon as we add like a setting to turn it on and off, but the hope is that um, other open source communities, so like Honey Badger is, um, it's free for nonprofit, uh, not for profit open source. Obviously, any other open source projects um, that are for profit can use it as well. 
But some of these projects, like a lot of these projects don't actually host, they don't actually host their applications. They're just like open source software, you know, code that maybe someone else hosts. But some do. So dev is an example of one that does. Um, RubyGems.org is another that um, uses us. Also runs the RubyGems.org servers, uh, which is why they use us. So I'm hoping that there's, you know, some more, some uh, more of these pro- types of projects, the open source out there that does host things can uh, some get some, some use out of this uh, where they can, you know, share the dashboard with their community and it'll give them another place to involve people and they can fix errors together. Can I tell you a, a cool story about Ben, though? No. Um, you should ask Ben <laughs> No. <laughs> just kidding. Yes. So, so when... Uh, we'll just leave that. Molly, uh, Molly over at Dev, um, she emailed me about... like She came up with the idea, basically, for the dashboard. Thanks, Molly. And Thank so, you, Molly. Thanks, Molly. She emailed me. I forget. I think it was like... I think it was like in early... It was like in January or something. Because it was like before... It was before we had our like all teams or all, I mean all hands uh, meeting with everyone. I was like, I, I love that idea. Like, I really like we're gonna talk about that. And so we talked about it at, all, at the all hands meeting and agreed that that is really that's a cool idea. We should do it this quarter because that's how we kind of do our our quarterly planning. After the meeting, like the week or something after, like I was looking at all my projects that I had to do for the quarter. I'm like, these are like all really really awesome projects, and I want to do all of them, but I don't think I'm gonna be able to like personally do them all. So I put up a few of them. I was like, Hey, does anyone like want to help out with some of these so that we can like, you know, get them all done together. And Ben volunteered to do the public dashboard project, which I was like, great. Cause like, that was one of my favorite ones. I wanted to get it done the next day he deployed it. So <laughs> it turns out that that one was actually like, I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, like, this is going to be like, this is going to take me at least a week. Like, I'm going to have to think about this and like, you know, get it all, get it all planned out and stuff. And Ben just like, you know, busts it out and, and throws it on a branch and then it's deployed. And I like sent it to the dev crew a couple of days later. So <laughs> thanks, Ben. Yeah. Fun times at Honey Badger. I always love <laughs> it and I can do that. Yeah. I feel like that's an archetypal Ben story. And it's great. <laughs> yeah. So breadcrumbs. Did we talk about breadcrumbs before? I feel like we, we did. did. We talked about when them. we launched it for yeah, Ruby. When we shipped them as part of the main product. Yeah. We can kind of just describe what they are. And then what we launched this week was uh, breadcrumbs for JavaScript, client-side JavaScript. So we're bringing breadcrumbs, which we had launched. Um, we had added to the product and we launched them for Ruby last year. And then we added them to Elixir. And now we're finally getting around to adding them to JavaScript, which is, I feel like this, this is like their sweet spot actually. So most people actually like want them like, or use them for JavaScript, like they're extremely useful. So again, what they are are like, basically it's like an event log that is recorded. It's, it's like recorded all the time as your users interact with your application. So when it might be your actual application logs, like in a Rails app, events that happen, like active support events and stuff like we can uh, instrument in the browser um, for like the client side, think of things like console logs, clicks, Ajax requests and, and all that sort of stuff that happens as your user is interacting with your application. Breadcrumbs basically log those events. And then when an error happens, it sends all those events like that event log or a chunk of it with the exception report. So you can see what the user was doing and what happened before the error occurred, which is extremely useful in JavaScript because JavaScript is a little flaky on like providing context around errors. And especially like in asynchronous callbacks or 
things where it's like outside of like the user's direct involvement, it can be really difficult to like link that back to a user, like trace it back to a user action and say, this is what caused this error. So this should really help people like reproduce exceptions or errors that happen in their front end React and U applications and that sort of stuff. And also it's going to be super useful because a lot of JavaScript errors are just completely bad. Yeah. They don't give you like, they don't give you enough information to figure out what exactly happened. Mm -hmm. It's just like something went wrong. It's like, okay, great. Thank you. JavaScript. Star, it's it's a script error happened. Oh, it's a script error. Okay. Oh, it's a script error. Sorry. Come on, Star. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to be such star, a prima Star, there was an error in your script. Obviously, there's an error in your script. Just go fix it. Just go fix oh, the error, script. Star. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. It's only what... It was um, on line one. It was line, on line one column, lines of code. column like 500,012. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Why do they even have errors in JavaScript? <laughs> Just, Why did I even bother? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so, but the thing is, like, with breadcrumbs, it's now useful. Yes, it's true. It, like, JavaScript er- errors are terrible. And um, yeah. for a lot of reasons, but the biggest ones are, are, like, this issue we're talking about of, like, not being able to trace them across, like, connect them to user actions. But, and then also the minification that happens when you uh, build your code and compile it to, you know, make it reduce file sizes and make it like optimized for the web, it cuts a lot of your source code out. You don't actually know like where the, the error is in your source code. Yeah. And you fix that with source maps, like source maps are the answer to that. But again, it's an extra complicating step that just makes it all really difficult. And also even with source maps, it doesn't always, it doesn't give, like it's not a hundred percent solution. Yeah. Like, and with the breadcrumbs, like even though with breadcrumbs, like I'm thinking of some errors I've, I've troubleshot in the past where there was just no information given to fix it. And breadcrumbs wouldn't have like told me exactly what was happening necessarily right away, but it would have told me what I needed to do to reproduce it right. like in a browser. So then I could go and do it myself and see what yeah. was happening. Yeah, that's huge. Yep. So I'm excited. I was actually looking at one of our own front end errors because we use Honey Badger to monitor Honey Badger. We had an error in our front end UI on our main Honey Badger app, which is a Rails app that uses like Webpacker and that whole stack. But yeah, I was looking at this error report. I'm like, that is a really good looking JavaScript error report. Like it, it tells me what the problem is. It tells me exactly where the code is. Like it linked to the source code on GitHub, you know, so I click through like it's the, it's the Honey Badger workflow that we're familiar with for Ruby for JavaScript, which kind of blew my mind to be honest, because this has been such a, you know, it's been such like a, a disparity in the past, but I think it's definitely, we're starting to get, starting to get good. You reminded yeah. me of that, that Saturday Night Live skit from several years ago, the <laughs> Handsome Man skit series. Uh-huh. You are a handsome man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you are a handsome error. Nice. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like it's the best feeling because like usually when I come across work I did in the past, like sometimes you're like, oh, okay, what was I thinking? But then sometimes like I come across something that I was responsible for and I was just like, this is really good. Yeah. Like, whoa, that's impressive. I didn't know I could do that. And it seems like maybe you had a little bit of a moment like that. I did. And it was, it felt great because this has been a lot of freaking work. Like I've been working, on, I've been grinding on this for like, have. like three years or more. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, probably longer. Like, I mean, we've been like, we spent a, uh, like JavaScript, like it's been a large, like relatively, it's been a large amount of time to get it to this point than like one of the backend languages for all those reasons. Like it takes a lot of work to build these tools that are so necessary to actually get some value out of, out of it. So I'm really happy that we are finally starting to see some of those, see, see some of that value. Yeah, so we're about to like plow into the JavaScript market like a ravenous honey badger. Maybe. Um, in any case, like it's, you know, for our, our Rails, like for modern Rails development, it's really nice too, because, you know, if you do Rails new today, like you get a Webpack, you know, you get a Webpack pipeline, you can basically just plug in our honey badger Webpack NPM package and whatever. They use Yarn, right? Yarn install. So yeah, and that gives you, uh, it gives you automatic source maps. If you ever try to get source maps in the, the old asset pipeline, like with sprockets, you probably pulled all your hair out. I know I did. So this is a big deal. Like being able to just like Rails new and get source maps for your JavaScript. I think you can even like test your JavaScript in Rails now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll uh, stop now, but <laughs> I don't want to, so I, just I don't want to rail too hard. <laughs> Do you want to rail too hard against um, Sprockets? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Sprockets just never got the love that it needed. I liked a lot of ass. I liked, you know, parts of it. But yeah, it just, there's, I don't know. I don't know. I remember hating it when it came out. And then I eventually sort of like came to an easy piece with it. Yeah. Until modern JavaScript happened. And suddenly we needed source maps and everything. And it's like, oh, okay, this is. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, Sprockets just wasn't built for the modern, like, I mean, it wasn't built for like the NPM ecosystem. Yeah. It was its main problem. Definitely. I think like it was, it was built for the, uh, the ecosystem where you download a jQuery plugin off the internet and put it in, in a folder <laughs> basically, yeah. but that'll come back. It all comes back. Yeah. I miss those days. <laughs> right. <laughs> I oh, mean, it Lord. was, it was simpler in some, in some regards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm global sure objects, um, right? So much goodness. Not, you just uh, throw sure. it all in a global. Oh, oh no! Uh-huh. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need some space to process these emotions. I'm having. I'm uh, remembering all that. So, can I brag about something? Yes, please. Can I? I just want to brag about uh, my writers, like, or my authors. So. If you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you've known that a while ago we started um, soliciting third-party authors to do stuff for our blog. And that's simply because like, we really like to put out a certain type of content on our blog, a certain type of content that sort of goes into depth around the issues and sort of, I don't know, environment surrounding code, not just like, you know, how to build a to-do app, how to whatever. And... Our ability to do that has sort of always been limited by just us not having time or like, you know, even when I've done it myself, I just run out of stuff that I know about that I can write about convincingly. And so then I have to start learning stuff to write about it. And so it just it just becomes very shallow very quickly. And so we started bringing on these third party authors. And I just have to say, like, I am so freaking proud of the work they're doing. Like they're doing such a great job. We recently started publishing like all these articles that have been sort of, I've been hoarding them like some sort of dragon <laughs> because I just, yeah, I just hadn't really figured out what to do with them. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I was a little bit scared to start publishing them because I didn't want to waste them because they were so good. I didn't want to just sort of throw them out there and have them fail. 
but um, we've released two of them so far. The first one by Jose and the, and the second one recently by Julie. And like they have done so well. They both were placed really highly in Ruby Weekly. They both like are getting shared a lot. And they did well like, on Reddit. Really, yeah, they did well yeah. on Reddit. Like people are giving them lots of love. And it just makes me so happy to see them so well received because I, you know, I really think they're, they're doing a great job. So, and we've got sort of more in the works and more authors even who I'm not, I'm not naming now because it would just take too long, but they're yeah. like, we have so many people doing such great work for us. I'm really, really excited about, about all of this. I think it's really cool. And also just, I could just say like, it's, it seems to be more fun to promote other people versus like always just promoting yourself. I really like the aspect of we can like give other people an opportunity to like write and have a voice and stuff. And we can kind of just like be in the background and try to try to get people to read it and get it out to yeah, our network. I know personally, this may just be like a mental thing of mine, but it is really hard for me to like be like a hype person for yeah. um, my own content because I just feel like a jerk yeah. saying how great I am and stuff, which I mean, is true, but I don't have to say it. But, you know, other people... That's why I like, deleted my Twitter I don't know, account, like, partially. <laughs> yeah, like it feels, it just feels really nice to help sort of promote people who, you know, I really believe are doing good work. And, you know, honestly, who are in a lot of cases developers, and they may have this similar, may have the similar feelings about sort of self-promotion that I do. And right. so maybe like... I'm helping them get a bigger audience than they would have otherwise. So that just feels really you nice. You should also mention and that you're paying them. Oh yeah. You're paying, paying them, them well, which is well. like, that's the, that's the best part. Cause like, yes. who does that? Yeah. I, apparently people don't pay <laughs> like, blog authors. Right. Like, like, like we're paying, like somebody posted a tweet. They were like, well, if you're wondering how much technical authors make, like this is how much. And I guess, a book they wrote recently came out like from a major publisher, a uh, major technical publisher. And it was about a very mainstream topic, I think React or something. And like the royalty check for like one quarter was like $800. Oof. And like we are, like we have been... Isn't that like paying, our minimum? Like for... <laughs> no, we've been paying around $500, okay. but like for an article. Yeah. Like, like not a full technical book. Right. And isn't that like you know, the minimum? Like, like that's, that's like, we don't pay someone less yeah, than that's 500. The, that's the minimum. Like, that's the minimum. That's the floor. I mean, so far we haven't gone above yeah. it, but if like somebody wants to really tackle like a super complex thing and they're just like, it's just going to take me too much time. I would totally like talk to them about that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's, that's great. So, yeah. I just, I don't know. It feels like I'm, I'm doing some good in the world. Do we want to talk about um, hiring and how that's going? Yeah, when, when Josh was talking about breadcrumbs and uh, how much time it took to get there, I was thinking like, oh, yeah, with the hire that we're working on now, that'll be very helpful in getting that kind of stuff done a little faster because, yeah. you know, the goal is to have someone who can really own those libraries and bring them to where we want them to be because they're just, they're just not, I mean, they're great, yeah. but they're not where we want them to be yet. Having someone on board to help with that. And as I've been talking, I've been doing that this week, <laughs> along with writing compliance. So the more interesting part of stuff I've been doing is, is talking to job candidates, which has been fantastic. I always love doing that. It's, uh, it's energizing because there's so many awesome people out there who are doing so many awesome things. Talking with them about taking on this responsibility of not only JavaScript, but also, you know, writing some Elixir code and, and some Go code and, and whatever else we're supporting, right? But also owning parts of the Rails app. And it's, it's been fun, like talking to developers, 
who are in a variety of situations and talking to them about our process because so many developers are in the the conveyor belt software development world. I, I call it the conveyor belt where you know you have some sort of uh, project manager who's writing specs and you know the specs show up on your desk and then you write some code to make meet the spec, you ship that code and then you turn around and there's another set of specs on your desk. Yeah. Right. And it's just like this conveyor belt of things you're taking off the conveyor belt and you're writing code. To put back on the conveyor belt and it yeah. sucks. And you might not even call that like Jira driven development. Jira driven. Yeah, yeah, JDD. like Jira driven development. Yeah, and, and, and you're probably you're you're not even like integrating that code, right? Like in a lot of cases, like yeah, like depending on the size of your be, company. If it's yeah. a large, if it's really large, like someone else could be stitching it together. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's been fun talking to people and and helping them understand like we don't we don't work that way at Honey Badger. We own our projects, right? We. We pick something we want to work on because it's, it's always a question. Like whenever I ask the candidates, like, what questions do you have for me? A question that always comes up is, well, how do you schedule work? How do you pick projects? Uh, how do you, you know, uh, what's your roadmap? Things like that. And so I always explain that it's, it's really about whatever interests you. Like we have a list of things we want to do. You know what we, what we do? We, we kind of treat every project like a side project almost. Like, you know, like you're going to go, you're going to go like start this thing. You're going to figure out. You're going to figure out how, you know, how to even do it first because it's you, it's all you. And then you're going to build it and what you build might, it might be the first version. And if it really becomes like a central piece of Honey Badger, we might rebuild it in the future or, or, you know, enhance it or, yeah, but we don't, we don't like architect for some, you know, massive scale initially. Like, yeah. it's like we, we kind of build everything like we initially built Honey Badger, which was like, let's yeah, just build this sort of- Rails app and throw it on a a dinky server <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> Except we don't have dinky servers. Anymore. Not anymore, but we certainly, we certainly did. So this kind of like, all this seems to relate back to the fact that we all sort of started out in life as uh, freelancers. And so we all just kind of were very comfortable with that model where it's like, okay, you know, I'm just assigned this sort of big objective and I'm just going to go away for a while and work on it. I think maybe people don't fully understand that about us sometimes because like when we are talking about being polyglot and knowing these different languages and stuff, like we're not really talking about like, okay, you know, now you're going to be specced out to build this little feature in Go. Now you've got to switch to Ruby. Now no. you've got to like do this other thing over here in JavaScript. It's more like, it's like, okay, like here's this objective and it involves some stuff involving JavaScript or whatever. So yeah, you're going to be working in JavaScript for a while. And then when that's done, you know, maybe there'll be some other objective and maybe that involves Ruby. So you get to sort of immerse in that for a while. So it's not like this, like, not like you're constantly switching back, you know, back and forth, like every hour. It's just sort of like a a project mentality. We're still figuring, I think we're figuring a lot of this out, like not only process, but hiring and, and all of this stuff. But I have a feeling that like people tend to, we tend to gravitate towards what we like is that we allow people, like people kind of choose what they like to work on for the most part. Right. So like people kind of like, if you're, owning part of the app and you really, you really like that part, which is what, how you ended up there. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to like say, Oh, now you have to go like learn a different language and, and like do that now. Cause that, you know, this, <laughs> this fun part is over. Like, I think people, people gravitate towards what they want to work at, like areas of the company where they're going to make the biggest difference or, or whatever. So I don't know, this is just kind of a thought that just came to me, but I, yeah, I don't know, maybe like our job, positions morph a little over time too. Like, I don't, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, makes so. sense to me. 
We're the Mighty Morphin Honey Badgers. <laughs> right. So it's been good. We've we're been, we're like a transformer. Jets. <laughs> <laughs> like Voltron. Yeah. Back to the back to the cartoons. It's always back <laughs> to the cartoons. Yeah. Actually, speaking of cartoons, I was think as you were talking about how we do things in our process, I was thinking about Dilbert cartoon. I can't remember when it aired, but it was a very short run. There was actually a animated cartoon series for Dilbert. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that when yeah. I worked in DC. And uh, there was this episode, at least one, maybe more than one episode about uh, Nirvana Co. And it was, the, the thing was like, you know, Dilbert's office is terrible. Like everything that yeah. bad that could happen to you as an engineer happens at Dilbert's office, right? But uh, Nirvana Co. was like the, the very opposite. Like all the engineers wanted to work there. Yeah. And because they had this beautiful projects and this awesome process and everyone is just happy. And, and then it becomes destroyed as they try to bring in some process that <laughs> Dilbert's like, you mean you don't do X, Y, or Z? And they're like, we've never heard of that. Let's try that. And he's like, no, no, no. And then like <laughs> the episode ends with Nirvana Co. is completely destroyed. Like you know, the so. ideas come in and Wreak havoc. <laughs> yeah. So yes, we're trying. We're trying to copy Nirvanico here at Honey Badger. We're trying to keep. We're we're trying to like yeah, keep bad ideas out. Make it an engineer's paradise. One of the things Ben and I worked on, mostly Ben, in the past week or so, was rewriting the job post because our initial one, we real we had some feedback from people and we realized that it was very like factual, like fact based, like factually oriented. Like just these are the things. Like here's what here's what we're looking for. Like, this is what you do. It talked a little bit about like us and our process and stuff from like a standpoint of like, you know, selling this position. I think it came across as like, this is a lot of response, like different responsibilities. Like there's a lot of different things in here. I think the polyglot, you know, the polyglot stuff in there might've been part of that, but we ended up rewriting it to focus a little bit more on um, like the whole, like the whole position of Honey Badger and which kind of fits into like how like our culture and how we work too. Cause like you were saying, like a lot of people don't get that part of it unless we explain it. And so we realized like we need to do, a, we need to like always be explaining that part of us because it's so, it's so different from what people oh, are used totally. to. So. Yeah. Like, I don't think there was anything wrong with the original no. post, but I think like if you were coming to that, that job posting, in the same mindset that you would come to like a job posting at Amazon or something, that'd be like, oh crap, this is, this is a lot. Yeah. But, you know, if you understand that, you know, we don't really work like that and you sort of understand the whole context then it makes a lot more sense and it's a lot more reasonable. Yeah. I think it's really just a matter of framing. And we made a few other, we made a few other tweaks, I think, to it. Did the original one, did we like, we had salary, like the salary number posted in that one too. Mm -hmm. And, and the updated listing also, I put in a bit about how they'll be also working on our main app. Like right. uh, that was completely left out of our original likes. Some people thought, oh, I'm just going to be working on the client libraries. That seems kind of boring. But no, I mean, that's not what we're going to be doing 100% with this job. It's going to be uh, working on other projects and, and the new products that are coming out this year. So Yeah. Well, and interviews. Um, well, I mean, Ben's already started the interviews, but like the rest of us are going to get on the action. Like next week so i'm yeah. super excited about that and talking with people that'll be fun and see what they have to like bring to the table for the badger see if they're, if they're i'm not, not going to talk to them like that don't see worry. if they're willing to put on the badger suit at, at conferences right still gotta get someone to put on the badger suit <laughs> i i already uh, think like um, i think ben finley's like still hot on that like he's i think the so, only thing that's stopping so me, him is us <laughs> let me ask you guys is is a rails comp thing like a sure deal at this point yes mm -hmm. it is a sure deal Okay, well, we will be having a 
what is it, a lounge? Yes. We will be having our own lounge at uh, RailsConf. Yeah. Um, probably with, with some other great companies that we are going to be working with, some indie companies. And so maybe there'll be a badger suit there. Could be. Well, I would say that if you are an indie company like us and you want to hang out in the Honey Badger Lounge with us, yeah. please get in touch. We're, we're doing co-sponsoring. We're allowing the opportunity for other people like us to join with us and, and having this space at RailsConf. So yeah. if you're yeah. part of the Rails community, if you're a small indie startup, come talk to us. Yeah. We should do another episode like where we talk about this a we lot should. more. Yeah, yeah we should. Because it's so interesting. Maybe we should do it yeah. next week. Yeah, I think the the actual title is I think we're calling this the Honey Badger Indie Lounge. So yeah. this is the purpose of it. And yeah, we should we should totally because talk for about so it. long. Let me just say this: like, first of all, like we've made it in life. Like we're rolling with like the big dogs and whatnot. But like for a long time, we're, we we were not quite there yet, and we always felt kind of excluded from places like RailsConf just because they're so expensive to get any sort of sponsorship deal there. And so now that we're sort of able to do that, we are trying to sort of bring in a community of sort of indie creators and sort of help open up that space to people who might not otherwise be able to access it. It's a perfect description of what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. We're Good freaking job. amazing. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> All right. Yes. Yeah, are we that. next week? Okay. Next week, we'll leave on a, a, a um, what is it? A cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Sonic to be continued. And if it's, if continued. it's not next week, it'll probably be one of these weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we wrap it up or do you have anything else you'd like to add? Let's wrap. That's a wrap. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. So I talked a little bit about our hiring writers. And so if you would like to write for us about, you know, preferably Ruby, it'd be cool to get some Elixir authors. Like I would like to see some Elixir content mm -hmm. and yeah, stuff like that. Just uh, go to our, our website, go to our blog and you'll see a write for us link in the top nav. And if you're interested in the career, with us interested in applying for this job if it you know it might be filled by the time this goes out but who knows there's a um, link in the footer of our website called jobs or something and yeah other than that just go please you know i'm just gonna beg for you to go give us positive reviews places because this is what we do i don't know do we really need positive reviews honey badger doesn't it, care so <laughs> yeah i think you know i think i'm i think my my own like validation comes from inside of myself <laughs> I don't think I really personally need them, but you know, if people want to give them, that's cool. Yeah. Or, you know, if you want to come write compliance policies for me, feel free. <laughs> is that, is that our next hire? Yeah, that's, if, <laughs> is that the next, next hire? If you want to um, write compliance policies, if you want some fascinating you can, reading material. You can handle our um, year end taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I need somebody to tidy up my office. <laughs> All kinds of opportunity here, honey badger. Yeah, we're just, we're just saving the world. <laughs> One error at a time. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week. <laughs>